So, this week we continue our series that we began last week on the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit is this well-known passage which we find in Galatians chapter 5, where Paul's writing to the church in Galatia. The Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is in relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus actually promised the Holy Spirit. We can read about it in John chapter 14, where he promises what was known as the Advocate, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. One is going to come after me and he will remind you of the things that I said and he will continue to speak on my behalf and on behalf of the Father. And so whenever we as, as people draw near to God, we're drawing near to the person of the Holy Spirit. And we would do that in a number of different ways, different practices, by praying, reading the scriptures, worship, going for a walk, sitting in silence, whatever it might simply be, but we're deliberately uh, tuning in, drawing near to relationship with God. And as we experience and encounter more of who he is and his character, we actually become more like him. And those things that we read about, the fruits of the Spirit, are the characteristics of God. And so God, uh, the, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And what we wanted to do over the course of the next number of weeks is simply uh, take each one as a theme and unpack it some. So this week is love, and uh, we thought that we would do this together. And uh, we even brought out the flowers. They're, they're tulips, they're Chantelle's favourites, and uh, I'd like to say that I purchased them, but you I didn't. didn't. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, we're, we're sort of doing this together because... Um, we're celebrating something pretty pretty special this week. Yeah, that's right. So this weekend we were meant to be in London. Paul's going to run the London Marathon, so he's very disappointed about that. Um, and part of the reason for going was also to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary, which is the 29th of April, so the same day as William and Kate. We are celebrating 20 years, that's hard to believe. Mm -hmm. Some might say that's been a marathon, but... I don't know who that sum might be, do you? But well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything in particular you want to share about that wonderful day that we had together? Well, it was an amazing day. Um, so special because all our friends and family were there. Friends from here um, and loads of friends and family came over from England to celebrate with us. And it's just lovely having all the people you love in one place to celebrate with you. And that was wonderful. We had a beautiful ceremony in Downshire Presbyterian Church, which was my church before I moved to England. And loads of our friends took part in that. And we loved our reception in Belfast Castle. That just felt really special mm -hmm. for all your friends nice. from it and family from England to see that. So mm -hmm. thanks to my mum and dad. Um, and I do remember it was a bit cold that day. Like I remember being a bit cold in my wedding dress, getting the photos, and I remember umbrellas being up at one point. Although the day before and the day after were sunny, Absolutely. of course. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really special day and. Um, our friends from Watford had put together a band in the evening, so um, we had live music. It was great fun at the at the reception. Um, we danced the night away. Oh, we did, dear. <laughs> no, we didn't. Paul was on the dance floor for the first oh, dance and then oh, never seen again oh. on the dance floor. So, But it was a really special day. And while we're talking about that, I have 
it just reminds me of it's sad because some people had been planning their wedding for ages and have had to abruptly postpone it because of coronavirus so I just want to say you know to people here in that situation we're really sad for you guys but we know that you'll have a really special wedding Absolutely. when the time comes around and yeah. we're all allowed to be together again and we shout out to Laura and Aaron because they would have been getting married really soon and we know that you're going to have an amazing day when it's the right time so love to you guys. So that first dance, boys, I couldn't wait to get that over with, could I? Oh my goodness. That for me was the most nerve-wracking part of the day. And uh, another part of the nerve-wracking kind of element of, the, of our wedding day was having to give a speech. Mm. Although the groom's speech is actually probably the easiest one, because really all you have to do is say how thank beautiful you. your wife looks, and thank everyone for coming, and maybe say a few other things. And it was, uh, it was uh, funny that my groomsmen, we call them chief ushers in England, but groomsmen as they're called here in Northern Ireland, uh, is a mate of mine, still a really good mate of mine called Ian, and he came during my speech uh, to do the obligatory give the mums a present. And so he comes out, I've paused from my words, and he comes out with two big bouquets of flowers, one for my mum, one for your mum. And uh, during it he slips me a note, and I look down the note and it just simply says, your flies are undone. And I'm thinking, Oh my, I, like I'm, I'm just 99% sure it was a joke, but I had to be absolutely sure. <laughs> and so in the middle of the speech, everyone's seated, I'm standing, he's walking back to his table, probably with a grin on his face. I sit down so that I was underneath the table so that I could check to make sure that all was good. And all was good. It was a complete joke and I didn't even give him the satisfaction of knowing that he'd got me. So, uh, so anyway, that was that. But... Uh, why am I saying that? I'm saying that simply because I remember the speech. I remember writing the speech, sitting at a computer, writing down some things, because part of what I wanted to address was what we're addressing right now, and that's love. It's like, how do we describe love? How do we define love? And uh, I, I wanted to sort of convey somehow that it was more than just this kind of fuzzy feeling that you have, this emotional kind of connection and that sort of warm glow, as it were. And, and to actually sort of describe that love is, is a doing word, it's, it's described, it's got kind of hands and feet to it, and it's got actions to it really. Yeah, so I've been doing this Bible plan that you might have seen, I've posted on Facebook all week on the Fruit of the Spirit, you know, because that was our series, just a short six day one, and it gave definitions of each of the Fruits of the Spirit, but Sorry, while I'm on that topic, sorry, you know I love a good tangent, Paul. Oh, but um, I was listening to your pastor um, doing a short thing on Instagram this morning, a pastor I really respect, and he said this thing. He said, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for spiritual formation. And I thought, wow, that really, you know, struck me. You know, for many of us, and I'm not saying all of us, because some people still you know, we're on the front line or having to work really hard. But for many of us, life has slowed down. You know, we're not as busy. We're not out as much. We're not rushing around. And a once in a lifetime opportunity for spiritual formation, you know, time to develop our personal relationship with Jesus. And, you know, we can do this like online church, but it is a bit different than collectively being together and you know, having that energy and bouncing off each other and having that in the room together. So you can't rely on that joint experience. A lot of it is just you and God. 
So I just want to encourage you um, to press into the things we've been sharing about. You know, we've been doing that on purpose. You know, worship songs, blast your worship music, be in God's presence, Lectio Divina, prayer, the prayer of examine, centering prayer, you know, apps like the version app, the Lectio Divina app. There's so many ways, but the main thing is to develop our own personal relationship with Jesus. You know, I've been learning loads from doing the prayer course in my life group about different ways to pray. And so I heard someone else talking and they're saying, will our faith stand up to mm. this test? You know, because it is testing times. And I thought, gosh, I just want, you know, people's faith to, to stand. You know, so I just want to encourage you guys to press into that. And if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling, oh, I haven't been doing well in that, or you're feeling distance from God, just take one step, just do one thing today that is going to draw you near to him. Like, just read a Bible verse, say a short prayer, just spend a couple of moments in silence and say, God, I cry out to you, help me. It can be as simple as that, but draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So I just wanted to say that. That's great. It's that for free? That's, yeah. We're going to get back on track. Well, that's, yeah. that's absolutely amazing, by the way. And I yeah. think you're absolutely right. Yeah, so I just feel so passionate about that. But um, Love. What is love? Yes, yeah, so sorry. The definition of love from my Bible app said this. Love is the selfless, giving, devoted love of God and others. It's an active display and compels us to put others' needs above our own. Love honours others and celebrates truth no matter how difficult it is to hear it. It gives of self even when it doesn't feel like it. Love doesn't allow feelings to dictate its choices. Love is hopeful, persevering and trusting. Loving people keep hatred, apathy and self-preservation far from them. I just thought that was an amazing definition of love, you know, and I think you know, that bit about it celebrates truth no matter how difficult it is to hear it. You know, sometimes someone who loves us tells us something that is true, yeah. but it's hard to hear, but, you know, to celebrate that even though it's hard mm -hmm. to hear and it gives of self even when it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't allow feelings to dictate. You know, so often we do go on feelings, but it's choosing to love even when it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, so I thought that was a fantastic definition. So I also was reading a bit about all this and I find out there's four types of love within the Greek language. So it might be helpful to know what they are. So the first one was eros, which is the Greek word for sensual or romantic love. And that term originated from the mythological Greek god of love, sexual desire, physical attraction and physical love called eros. And the Roman counterpart was Cupid. So that's probably the kind of love that most of us think of really when we think of love or lots of people um, popularised by, you know, the movies and all that romantic love, Eros. And then the next one is philia, which is the most general type of love in the Bible that Christians practice towards each other. And that Greek term is, it's kind of describing a powerful emotional bond that's seen in deep friendships. And I'm so grateful for Philia love in my life through deep friendships that I have but it also encompasses you know love for fellow humans respect caring showing compassion for people in need and we're really seeing that at the moment mm -hmm. aren't we through people showing compassion 
picking up prescriptions, bringing food to people. That's showing love for people in need. That's the philia love. It's brotherly love. And Jesus said that philia would be an identifier of, of his followers. So in John 13, he says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And the third one was storge, which I hadn't heard of as much, and maybe other people hadn't. But that's a term for love in the Bible that describes family love. You know, the affectionate love that develops naturally between parents and children, brothers and sisters, the Greek word storge. So you can see examples of that in scripture, like the love Jacob had for his sons, especially Joseph, as popularized by the musical, um, and the strong love that the sisters Martha and Mary had for their brother Lazarus. So that's that kind of love. And finally, you may have heard of this one, it's agape. And it's the highest of the four types of love in the Bible. And that term defines God, God's immeasurable, incomparable love for humankind. That divine love comes from God. It's a perfect love. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial. And it's a pure love. And it's the love that Jesus Christ demonstrated both to his Father and to all of humanity in how he lived and died. And it's interesting, following his resurrection, um, we see in the reinstatement of Peter, his disciple who denied him, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And when he was saying that, he was using the word agape, do you love me? And Peter replied three times, you know I love you. But the word he was using was the philia word or the brotherly love word. And Peter had not yet received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, so he couldn't display that pure mm -hmm. unconditional agape love mm -hmm. but after Pentecost Peter was so full of God's love that he spoke from his heart and 3,000 people became believers so he was showing that pure unconditional love of God so um, there are the four types of love hopefully that's helpful to break it down a bit um, also there's a, a passage in scripture that really does define love as well mm -hmm. and we read it quite a lot at weddings so we thought, well, we should read it today. Absolutely, it's so great. why don't you read it and okay. then explain it Yeah, to no us. worries, okay. So this is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. It says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Paul, um, the same author who's writing about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, also is writing this passage. He's just writing a different letter to the churches in Corinthians, in Corinth. And uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is deliberately put in between chapter 12 and chapter 14, obviously, where in 12 and 14 he is addressing the significance of spiritual gifts. And he, he refers to gifts like prophecy, speaking in tongues, uh, generosity, wisdom, knowledge, and a number of other different uh, things. And he's basically saying, uh, the first few verses of chapter 13, the first three that we haven't read, simply says, you can be absolutely brilliant at prophesying, but if you don't do it from a place of love, then you're just like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, I think, are the words that he uses. And he says you, you could give all of your possessions to the poor, but if you don't do that from a position of love, well, you know, 
big deal kind of thing. He's basically making the point that love triumphs over all and it's the most important thing. And what's really interesting is that he then defines, he gives these characteristics or descriptions of what love actually is and what love isn't. And he goes way beyond what we've already said, that love isn't this fuzzy feeling. It actually is a doing word. What's, what's a doing word? I, I a verb. A verb, I was never good at that in English. So it's, it's a verb, it's a doing word. It's got legs on it, you know, it actually does something. And so breaking it down to two uh, distinct groups, what love is. Love is patient, it's kind, it rejoices with truth, protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Paul says that love does not envy, it's not proud, uh, it doesn't dishonour others, it's not self-seeking, easily angered, keep record of wrongs or delights in evil. These are words, so attributes, descriptions. Just yesterday I filled in an online reference for someone that was sent to me and, and often in those references you have to describe a person's character and uh, their behaviour or whatever it might be and, and often they, they refer to things like are they trustworthy and look at the list there, it's like it's there, love trusts and of course if you're going to employ someone or someone's going to be volunteering on your team you want them to be trustworthy and so that's a characteristic of love. If you were to look at love protects, it's not just this word, it, it actually has action to it and so for example love protecting could simply mean I know personal information about someone because they entrusted it to me and I'm choosing it to keep it between us and I'm protecting them and their dignity and everything by not telling you know the world and his wife you know just sharing it about amongst people and so uh, these are just descriptions which if we were to compare actually to the, the list in Galatians of the fruits of the Spirit, they're very, very similar and they can be seen in uh, some ways to be very, very similar. Uh, but again, it's important that we remind ourselves that we can't just conjure up these things. We can't just suddenly be them. Love in these characteristics come as we experience love for ourselves. And we, uh, of course, believe and agree that love comes from God, really. Yeah. It? Yeah, so it says that in 1 John 4. It's a brilliant passage to talk about love. So I'm just going to read a few verses from it. Now, 1 John 4, starting at verse 7, God's love and ours. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So that love that John speaks about there comes from the ancient Greek word agape and that, that we described earlier, that concept of self-giving love that comes without any expectation of repayment or demanding anything, that sacrificial love. And that is the God kind of love. 
and it all begins with God's love. You know, in 1 John, this basic fact is crystal clear. God is the source of love. He's the definition of love. He is love. You know, as as well as the sun shines, God loves. Love expresses who God is. You know, that passage is so rich. You know, you could do your Lectio Divina in that one. Just spend time reading over it, saying it out loud, what stands out to you and all that. You know, through that passage, you know, it emphasises that God's love, as Paul said, it's not some abstract concept, it's not something that just happens. It's passion expressed into action. So God, you know that famous verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You know, God made his love real by sending Jesus to live amongst us and die for us. And he continues to show his love by sending the Holy Spirit who you know, shows us the love of God mm. the Father and God the Son and we ha we can still experience the presence of God. And this passage also shows us that God's love doesn't depend on us taking the initiative or on our worthiness. You know, we don't have to reach out to him or even believe in God to, in order to be loved. You know, it says God showed his love to us, you know, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. So it's not dependent on you and I doing it. You know, it's, we don't have to like reach a certain standard before God's going to start loving us. We don't have to clean up our act first. You know, we don't have to be lovable you know God showers his love on us whether we deserve it or not and I remember reading this wee phrase on one of those calendars something years ago and it was like God's love is like the river Amazon flowing down to water just one daisy <laughs> it's like so amazing that we can hardly conceive of it it's you know, like uh, sorry it's like what we say in terms of come as you are hmm as a as a as a church oh, yeah. it's, it's it's one of one of the things that we say often to to folks coming to our church is mm. come as you are it just simply means you don't have to you, you don't have to be someone that you're not just don't pretend just come because god, god accepts us yeah. as we are but he also loves us beyond that that he wants to make us more like him yeah yeah you know and through that passage as well you know we really get that the more fully and completely we know god then the more, like the reality of his love, like almost dawns on us. It's like a light bulb, you know. When we open ourselves up to the light of his presence and the warmth of his love, you know, we find that we don't have to hide anymore. We don't have to, you know, even our deepest secrets or our ugly parts of us, you know, they're not beyond the reach of God, you know. There's nothing so broken inside of us that God won't touch it or won't fix it up. You know, God embraces us as we are and he loves us as we are, but he wants us to, he He wants to change us from the inside out and he works with us and in us to make us clean and whole and new. You know, the Bible says he makes all things new and that includes us. So the more we get to know his love and experience his love, that's what sets us free, not, as we said before, our own striving or yeah. our own efforts or our own trying to do it. You know, and as we experience that love, it takes away our fear and our sense of unworthiness as we start to really understand, you know, how loved we are. And 
There's so many brilliant passages in the Bible about that. And for many of us as believers, that's the struggle to really believe and understand that God loves us as we Mm. are. And that's an incredible truth. And later on in that same passage in 1 John 4, I love this. It says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And we love because he first loved us. And there, even in those two short verses, wow, so much truth, you know. And some of us have to get out of that mindset that God is just like wanting to punish us or tell us off or judge us. We love because he first loved us. You know, again, we don't have to do anything. He loves us first before we've done anything. So just feel like some of you watching really need to get your heads around that and understand that, you know, we love because he first loved us. That's brilliant. Mm. Fantastic. As we kind of draw things to an end, I want to kind of just raise this though, because Mm. it's all very easy sometimes loving one another, the people that we actually like. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's easy to love you, dear. Oh, thanks. Um, And I'm sure... Yes, it's easy to love you too. You heard it first. You heard it. Um, but, you know, for those people kind of maybe in our lives who get on our nerves or irritate you think of me, can you? <laughs> well, we've got on each other's nerves filming this, that's for sure. Right, come on, pull it together. I'm glad there's no outtakes on this. Right. Um, but those people in our lives that really, yeah, they irritate us or they annoy us or actually are really mean towards us and and uh, a difficult, I mean, that's a really mm. different place and a different way of demonstrating love. And I, 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 I just remember the words that Jesus said when he was at the Sermon on the Mount and he was teaching all those various things. Matthew chapter five, you can find, you can read it for yourself, but there are two verses that he says there. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus is quoting uh, a passage, just a verse in Leviticus in the Old Testament, chapter 19. And he's simply saying, you've heard it said, but I'm going to raise the bar just slightly. I'm going to say, love your enemies, pray for them, those who persecute you. Mm. That's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, it's really hard. Like, I remember a time when a while ago when people were saying things about me that weren't true and they didn't really know what was going on and I tried to brush it off and forget about it but it was so hurtful and it just felt so unfair like and I definitely did not feel like praying for them you know and I couldn't the hard thing was as well I couldn't really defend myself and after a while I realized that I felt real rejection from those people and I probably wouldn't have thought of them as my enemies until Well, I wouldn't have thought about them as my enemies until they started saying those things and accusing me of things that weren't true. But I really needed to bring all that to God and to pray. And then I was able to think differently about them. But, you know, it just made me realise as well, when we don't show love and, you know, if that kind of rejection or even hate rises up inside of us, then... We really need to do something about that because it really, the main person it probably affects is us more yeah. than them. Yeah. And yeah. you know, if 
we need to show forgiveness but sometimes we need God's help with that so you know that is definitely another aspect of love loving your enemy is an incredibly hard thing to do and we need God's help to do that and when we were talking about it before you made the point as well that love your enemy doesn't mean let them keep hurting you no absolutely not yeah that's really it's really important that we can't just roll over and say oh yeah that's okay if if there's behavior that's not okay yeah. we need to have firm boundaries and sometimes yeah. actually the most loving thing for for both people in that situation is actually to is to move away yeah. and to, to have some other kind of intervention but yeah sometimes you know it, it may mean that you just don't interact with that person mm. but yeah and if you know that's if we're speaking about that and you need help there's people who can help you or if you're struggling with forgiveness you know with someone and you need extra help with that we'd love to chat or pray with you or whatever mm. so um yeah so there's that and I was kind of thinking about this as well like in the context of the time we're living in now like coronavirus you know we've seen loads of people being loving and kind and that filio love I was talking about earlier the compassion but it has been sad to see you know some people being really judgmental and and not showing that love and I know that we're living in stressful times and that it's very difficult for some people and people are scared but I think we do need to ask ourselves a lot in this season how are we showing love how are we putting it into action you know love that is patient and kind and that can even be if you're you know the people you're living with you know sometimes it can be a bit claustrophobic tempers can flare but how can we show honor how can we be a love that perseveres and you know doesn't bear record of wrongs and things like that so that might be some stuff to think about and you keep looking at me when it comes to things like that <laughs> i'm not talking about you i'm not i'm just saying for all of us generally <laughs> but also you know just even simple everyday interactions like i was thinking about going to tesco's um doubly stressful for me the other day when the fire alarm went off and i had to leave my full trolley and go out and then come back in but anyway but like in our world we're so used to just being able to a lot of us just go into the shops pop in get what you want pop out you know we've got that instant gratification thing you know do what you want when you want you know a lot of the time and it's really shifted now and there's the yellow lines and stay two meters apart and queue up and everything takes longer people are more stressed so are we easily angered are we showing love in our interactions and I was talking to Jules about this you know just you know with the pharmacy assistant or the person on the checkout you know just being kind to them showing love say how are you doing hope it's okay and you know just showing real love in that way to the everyday people you're meeting and also I was also thinking about being online you know lots of us are spending even more time online than we maybe did before you know and think of those verses from 1 Corinthians you know love does not envy it does not boast it is not pride it does not dishonor others can you apply that to your Facebook posts or your Instagram or whatever wherever you are online you know you're not boasting you're not pride you're not envying you're not dishonoring other people and again people can say things they wouldn't say you know 
online that they wouldn't say to someone's face. So just, you know, simple things. Are we showing love in the way we're interacting with each other online in these days? They're just a couple of thoughts I had, you know, that were relevant to the current times. So. Great stuff. Yeah. Super. Well, we hope that that's been helpful. Yeah, maybe just recap. And that's just simply to say that love is one of many of these fruits of the Spirit. But they don't just come. They come as we experience God's love in our lives, for our lives. And what one thing potentially could you do, could we do, practice this week, that would position our lives or posture ourselves in such a way that we can experience God's love, that we can know God's love uh, in such a way that begins to change us on the inside so that we demonstrate those characteristics and those attributes of what love is uh, to other people. So that's that. Next week we'll talk about joy. Why don't we finish by praying? Okay, I'll pray. You want to do that? Yeah, Great sure. stuff. So let's just be still. Even though we're in our own living rooms, we're in God's presence. And let's just pray together. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come and be with us now. Lord, we thank you that we love because you first loved us. And I just pray right now that we'd open our hearts and our minds to receive that love. That sacrificial love of God that he chose to send his son Jesus to let him suffer and die so that our sins may be forgiven, that we may live freely. Thank you that you're, you rose again so that we could experience your love in all its fullness. So just fill us again now with that love, God, to the very depth of our being. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to earn it that we can come as we are. And Lord, nothing can separate us from your love. No sin. There's no brokenness that can stop you from loving us. I'm just reminded of the prodigal son, the father with his arms open wide to receive his son, even though his son had gone off and done terrible things and squandered all his money. God, the the Father, his arms are open wide for all of us today, no matter how far away we've strayed. So let's all run towards him into his arms again. Lord, we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, if anything we've shared today has really struck you or you do feel distant or you're struggling or you just want to talk about knowing how to love God more any of it we would love to chat with you so please do get in touch send us a message and we can arrange a phone call or FaceTime or whatever that would be super and um, we thought that you know we're going to stop talking now you'll be pleased to hear but we're going to leave the live stream open for a couple of minutes so if you're commenting on the side you can say a few more things if you want or say hi to someone or say something that you've thought about today because we're just kind of missing our
post-church coffees and cafe yeah. and chat where we spend ages catching up with people and chatting and in school and where okay. we normally are so you can chat on the online chat after if you want to that would be great and we will see you soon tune in to yeah. friday church and the other stuff that's going on on social media and we'll see you again next week that's well us yep yeah. see you soon bye love you all bye bye